0: If you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want, without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning. This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker, And they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I am excited, guys. Welcome to the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast. My name is Mike Walker. Excited to be here with you today. And I've got a special guest. I've got somebody that I've been not only working with very, very closely here at the Wealthy Consultant, but I've been learning from, I've been extracting out of his brain, and I talked him into actually sharing some of his knowledge with our audience. So this is gonna be a good one. If you have any interest whatsoever in marketing, in understanding how to get your message out there to the world at mass, this is the guy you need to know. So Mr.
0: Dane Mormon, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate you. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, to talk marketing with you. I, I love when uh, two marketing nerds get to get on and just talk about marketing. I feel like that's just like, that's a podcast waiting to happen. It's right. like when you get these you know, like I, I get in rooms with people who love marketing and before I know it, we're just um, you know, shooting through topics that I just they just never seem to stop. So I
1: know, man, I, I'm like a I'm like a bowl full of questions for you today, man. So we're we're gonna keep it, you know, topical, obviously. We don't want to get too deep into the weeds for everyone, but I do want to make sure that every single listener today walks away with some really key insights that they can apply to their business, to their own strategies. And, um, I know you're the man to talk to you about that. So excited to have you here. Um, before we get into all that though, like let's give them a little bit of an intro. What's your background? How did you come about being with the wealthy consultant? Just give us kind
0: of the, the reader's digest version of, of yourself. Sure. So I came into marketing sort of a little bit backwards. I, um, I, I got my degree in journalism in 2010. Um, and so had a bit of writing background and, and it was right in the, the, I was in college studying journalism at a time when everything was really changing. Um, Markets were changing. 2008 housing crisis happened while I was in school. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I got up to about my senior year and I remember one of my, the the head of our department, actually, the communications department, basically sitting down all the journalism majors and being like, look, I'm sorry, but every newspaper is closing. There's not going to be a print journalism job for you when you get out of here, probably, most likely. So, um you really, really have to shift your focus into other things. Um, So I'm going to really heavily encourage you guys to study video, to study graphic design, to study, um, you know, uh, web development and tech and some of that other stuff. And so they kind of pushed us. And before I knew it, I was like learning Dreamweaver, which was a thing at the time. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Yeah. I was learning all these things that now are oddly obsolete, but either way we were, you know, um, we were basically forced to do different things to, to widen our scope and expand into different um, disciplines. And so from there, I, I launched out into my career uh, basically by going into public relations. So taking a little bit of that um, writing and tech and design knowledge and everything, and applying it to working for larger organizations, helping them get ahead of um, potential pitfalls um, with messaging and stuff like that. Uh, eventually moved into marketing for um, an actual a brand, like an, a publishing imprint. So working in the publishing world. And then from there, I uh, worked for my alma mater, the, the college I graduated from. Oh, and this wow. was like a weird... Full uh, certain, it, it does happen that way sometimes, but it was a weird... I, I ended up being the uh, assistant alumni director for my alma mater, again, weird left turn. Um, and that's where I really fell into marketing because there was some aspects like broadcast email systems. We were using like Harris connect. If you remember Harris connect, this is going back a little bit, but like this was, yeah, that's, that was our mass communication system. And then we were, um, so I was sent designing and sending these broadcast emails, writing, doing more copywriting. And, um, through that was actually able to get my first job in actual marketing as a PM. I was a project manager, um, for another university in Minnesota. And then from there, uh, moved into real estate marketing, worked in, um, the, worked for a development company here in Tennessee, um, that was doing, um, multifamily, single family and commercial real estate. Um, so traveled quite a bit got to do a lot of really cool projects with them, learning how to market real estate, which has its own weird subset of rules and certain mm-hmm. things you can and can't can and can't get away with. Um, mm-hmm. And during that time uh, at the behest of Taylor, actually, who I've known for a very long time, he uh, he encouraged me to start freelancing. So on the side, I started freelancing. That's how I got into digital marketing. So um, the world of coaching, consulting and um before I knew it, I was I was hanging with people that I had seen in ads um, or had heard about from others, but had never actually worked with and uh, was fortunate enough to work with some really big names inside of this space and then eventually to work for Taylor uh, at Traffic and Funnels. Um, and that led into working at The Wealthy Consultant.
1: Man, what a background. Yeah. So that, I mean, immediately that just tells me Um, and more importantly, reinforces my idea that somebody, when they're an expert, yes, you have specialized knowledge, you have like narrow specialized focus, but I also think there's a really strong, um, need for having a broad understanding of lots of things, right? So like really having a broad sense of understanding so that you can apply and draw from all these different industries, all of your different experiences, you know, I think that's kind of what separates. Um, people that are really good at something and then people that are actually masters at it is because they can draw from all their background of experience. And those are things that you can't just buy. You can't just, you know, get a degree for or watch a course. Like you have to live it. You have yeah. to go through it. You know, it's just time, right? Like time in market. And and that's something that I think really separates the, the true masters from those that are just, you know, good, which is fine and, and great, but it just takes time. And that's just not something that you can easily acquire. So... Amazing sure. backstory, man. Super, super cool. So, you know, obviously, you know, here at the wealthy consultant, you're like our Martech guy, right? Like you are the go-to guy. Um, I consider myself, you know, relatively techie and I try to like not bug you with, with questions or, or need support too much on some of these things. But every once in a while, we, we, we hit something like, wow, this is a Dane question. That's how what we call it in, in the Slack channels. This is the mm-hmm. Dane question. So why don't we just, for our audience, why don't we just talk about what is Martech? Like just in, to make sure that we don't lose people on that term. And then we can kind yeah. of get into some more specifics.
0: Yeah. So I, I really didn't know the term MarTech until I started working, um, in this space specifically. Uh, and I was doing it for some of the clients that I was working for, but I would never heard it called MarTech or marketing technologist, um, until I started working at, um, that traffic and funnels. So basically the idea there is, and again, it owes back a little bit to, um, my journalism background. So I remember one of my professors in school telling me like journalism, like a journalist is, uh, an informed generalist, you know, they, they, their job is to know a little bit about everything. Um, and so that, that has served me pretty well because in MarTech, as you're aware, um, there are a million ways to achieve the same goal inside of your business using tech. There's so many softwares out there. There's dozens of CRMs that people use. There are dozens of automation softwares that people use, broadcast email software, um, platforms to advertise on. There's, there's, There's always a million ways to achieve a goal. It's knowing how they all connect and how they are, how to make them all connect and do what you need them to do. That really is the job of the marketing technologist. So you need to really have a firm, basic understanding of how all the tech relates to each other, um, all the pieces and parts of the ecosystem working together. And once you really understand that, then um, you start to get really good at pinpointing issues and then working quickly to fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that really above anything else, the two things that I think every good marketing technologist needs or every, uh, entrepreneur who needs to do their own marketing technology is understand the components, be, be curious. In other words, be curious about how things work and why, um, which, uh, contrary, I would say to popular belief, curiosity can be trained. You can, um, but by building up interest in something by, by really diving into it, I would have, you know, before working in MarTech, I would have had zero interest in, um, you know, Infusionsoft or HubSpot or, or spending hours and hours and hours in these things. But the more that I did that, that I was kind of forced to, in order to learn how to fix problems, I started to love it. I started to really, really enjoy it. And before mm-hmm. you knew it, I, before I knew it, I was, I was going in there to try and create things just because it was fun to create things in there. Like it was like, Oh, I
1: started to see see the, the implications and the opportunities.
0: Yeah. And, and it started to, and it started to prove out that like most entrepreneurs that we, that we work with, uh, and that I've met have a MarTech problem and just don't know it yet. Um, that's one of those, that's one of those things that I, I feel like every single entrepreneur I talk to, whether it be a client of ours that we work with, or people in our Facebook groups or in our, um, you know, our free groups, I start to notice that pattern of how do I make this program and this program talk to each other? How do I make that? How do I get this information from here over to here so that I have record of it? How do I get all of my metrics pulled into one place so that I can view them all? That's like uh, the answer to most of those problems can be solved through Martech, that's usually that like for most entrepreneurs, for most CEOs, for most of the of these clients that we work with, most of what they want to accomplish can be done through Martech. They just don't know it. Yeah, like you yeah. know what I mean. They, they they have a problem and they're just like, oh, that's just a problem that maybe it's unsolvable. I don't know, but they right. just don't they know, just know that there's a program.
1: It. It. Exactly. Totally. Totally. So let's let's kind of narrow in on that topic then, because something I've noticed over the years, you know, consulting people. Uh, in their businesses is that, uh, they understand, you know, okay, I've got a website, I've got a CRM and we send out some emails and then that's basically kind of where it is, you know, and they just, there's just a very big disconnect between like you were alluding to the opportunities that are present now because of Martech and because of the technologies that we have and the people's ability to really, truly understand it. And they, their eyes just kind of glaze over. They're like, I don't know. I just feel really out of my element. And so. For somebody that's, you know, maybe they don't live and breathe the tech, right? But they know they need it. How, what's their best thing? Is it just to go and and find a MarTech person or do they have to like truly learn this themselves? I mean, wh- how would you guide somebody that was kind of on the fence? Like, should I be the one investing all the time and effort into learning this stuff or should I just go find somebody that can do it for me?
0: It's a healthy mix of both. I think you need, you need to understand it, right? Like, mm-hmm. um... There's nothing worse because what will happen is you'll get a MarTech, you'll get them installed and you'll get them in place and they'll understand how everything's wired. But then if you ever lose that MarTech or if you ever have to like change over systems, unless you're religious about the SOPs and they've recorded every single process that they've ever done or every single automation they've ever created, um, chances are you're going to be dropped into a situation where you're going to have to very quickly come up to speed on how everything works. Mm -hmm. Um, how, you know, there can't be any black boxes inside of the business from a tech perspective, right? You can't understand where something goes in and where it comes out, but not know what happens in between Um, if you're a a business owner. So yeah, uh, part of it is incumbent upon you to know what's happening um, and to understand the systems, but I don't think you need to be a subject matter expert. That's where you want to pull in your MarTech. That's where you want, like, like when I'm dealing with Taylor, Taylor's a perfect example of this, he understands the systems. He's, he's actually pretty brilliant at um, Infusionsoft and like some systems that he uh, came up on. He, he knows those systems really, really well. Um, but beyond that, usually when he comes to me with a Martech problem, he's like, okay, I have, I, I need to get from point A to point B. And here's what I've thought of a couple of ways to do it because he does understand, like yeah. he understands the system or he'll ask me, a, um, a question in a way where he's, he's proving that he does understand. So he's saying, is it possible to make this do this so that this can happen? Right. And then, and then as the Martech now, I just have to go, yeah, of course that's possible. Here's what I would do. And then I run him through a process for it, but he does still need to understand how it works. Mm. If, if it's just uh, the, I think a dangerous thing is, like I said, when a CEO or an entrepreneur or um, somebody, a consultant who somebody who's trying to run a business, build a business, <clears throat> hires somebody to fix a problem within the business, um, but doesn't really understand the component parts of it. Yeah. So then that person goes ahead and fixes that problem. That that owner doesn't need to become educated in anything. They, they didn't need to learn how it was fixed or understand why it was broken in the first place. And then that problem is just going to keep repeating itself after a while. It's a concentration risk. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So if you can at least understand the component parts and you can understand how all of the, how all of these things fit together, then, um, A, you're less dependent upon somebody who, who has all these Martech skills to come in and always come in behind you and fix problems. Um, but also you gain a little bit of, you gain a little bit of knowledge and a new way of looking at problems, a new way of looking at things within your business. Cause there's always some kind of solution. Uh, you just haven't gotten there yet. You just haven't figured it out yet. Right. So that I would say you should definitely understand and learn the component parts, but then also have a subject matter expert who you can refer to, whether that's a dev, whether that's a MarTech person, um, who can come in and make things like when you hit the limit of your capacity, Mm -hmm. um, you can go to that person and say, okay, I need you to come in and, and show me where, show me where I'm off. What am, what are we messing up here? And then trust that person to take it through for you.
1: Yep. I love it. I love it. And that's something that, as you know, we've implemented for the uh, modern day consultant clients that we have, right? Our top tier clients, we have actually brought in um, a developer to just do a lot of those done for you things. So it's like, and, but at as a caveat to that though, I'm always very clear, like, look, this is a two-way street. This is a partnership because yes, we can do some of the tech elements for you, but we can't be you. Like you still need to understand what it is that you're trying to achieve. You know, you need to obviously provide the messaging and all that. So we, it, it really is like, you know, kind of playing tennis. They'll hit the ball over to us. We'll get some stuff done. We'll hit it back to them. They check it, they add their touches to it, whatnot. But it's a really cool thing to be able to, um, once you see, the synergistic effect of taking your message and then, you know, magnifying it through tech. I think it's just really, really cool. Um, and yeah. obviously, you know, it can be really p- powerful and profitable too. Um, so on that point, what are just a couple common mistakes that you see people making, you know, from your perspective as clients are coming into, uh, you know, the wealthy consultant businesses, do you see any kind of common trends or, or things that people are falling into that you would
0: you know caution people on? Yeah. So, Um, one of my really foundational beliefs about marketing is that, um, there, there's sort of like, there's sort of two words that I always redefine for people. Um, and that is marketing equals testing and failure equals data, right? right? So a lot of people don't understand that when you're marketing, when you're doing marketing, you're testing you're testing a message to an audience to try and get a response out of them. Um, and then if you fail, you've created data now for yourself. So in other words, when something fails from a marketing perspective, it didn't necessarily fail. It just proved out that there was a better way to get to the result, right? That there was uh, whatever you tested or tried wasn't the perfect way to get the result. There's there's obviously got to be a better way. So now you just have to test the next thing. You have to market. You have to do marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So if you take it from that perspective, um, I think that's the thing is a lot of people test something out, it fails and they crumble because it failed or they, you know what I mean? They, they, they lose momentum because like, Oh, it failed. It should almost not. I mean, like, Taylor and I talk about this a lot, but like it should almost excite you when something fails, when something doesn't go exactly to plan, but you get X, Y, Z out of it. You get the date, some data that you wanted. Um, that should be cause for you to celebrate because now you can get smarter and you can get better. So you cannot ascend without building the necessary steps. And the only way you build those necessary steps is by failing and sometimes repeatedly and quickly. Um, you know, that's why, you know, We've tried a bunch of things inside of the wealthy consultant. Some of them have worked really well. Some of them have failed miserably, just not even close. You know what I mean? Like they 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 released, got no reception, got no reaction, did did not much of anything. But we tested it, and now we have the data in our back pocket. Yeah. Um. So that's the one mistake is people stop testing or they lose momentum because they fail. And it's like, no, you should be excited. The second mistake is that they then don't learn the lesson. Right. Or they yield, they they take away the long, the wrong lessons. Right. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing is like, I, I hear so many people like I'll, I'll recommend something to them and they'll say, we tried that. Okay. Well, how did you try it? What did you do? Because if you tried it, but your execution was anything less than a hundred, then there was room for improvement. Therefore, you don't know if it doesn't work if you didn't do it to the best level that you could possibly have done it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then again, we're back to testing that methodology of marketing equals testing. Right. So I, yeah, I, I hate that the, the whole, like, Oh, we tried that and it didn't work. So we never tried it again. And we never, you know, we never iterated. Yeah. We never did. It. I we, just, we just and it
1: didn't work. And so we just, we stopped running. So
0: don't works for my business. Yes, exactly. They draw this really big sweeping conclusion. Yeah. Um, I've read so many times I, 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 ran into this guy who was running a heating and cooling business. um, and he was in a mastermind and he was, he was saying like, well, we tested out ads. We ran about, you know, a thousand dollars in a month through ads and, uh, it it didn't yield anything. So ads, you know, our, our, just, our audience doesn't respond to ads. Yeah. (laughs) Fascinating. Your, your audience doesn't respond to ads at all. Yeah. Right. He Walk has special, me through. it. He, has a special, ad special ad ad. he has a special <laughs> audience. They don't. Ref- they don't respond to ads. Yeah. Well, yeah. He has the audience in the whole world that doesn't respond to ads at all. That's um, right. I mean, but you know they dr- they draw they draw the wrong conclusions from failure, not the right conclusions from failure. Right. That's so. When, yeah. When when something when something fails and falls apart, you take the data, you get a little bit smarter, and you iterate. And then you progressively get better. That's like, you don't just fail once and then go, ah, th- this doesn't work. Uh, m- marketing is the worst. It doesn't work. Like we're, we're done. You can't, you can't just make those kind of leaps, right? So those are, yeah, those are two of the big ones. I think also, um, one that I, that I'm noticing a lot right now is just lukewarm, boring being boring so like my i had a i had a mentor in marketing his number one rule was just don't be boring right mm-hmm. like it, you can be anything just don't be boring so when it comes down to your marketing right you the best marketing always has a market to message match right it's it's the old um communication um adage of know your audience right know what resonates with them, know what they're paying attention to, whether that's a topical thing culturally that you can leverage to get their attention or, you know, be so in their back pocket that you know what resonates with them. You know, Hey, mm-hmm. if I say this, they're going to feel the emotional weight of that. Or if I say this, they're going to feel the pain associated with that. You know, you take it to your, your pain pleasure scale, right? Um, if, if it's heavy on pain, It'll resonate if it's heavy on pleasure for the right audience. If it's a higher sophistication audience, it'll resonate. If it's right in the middle, I mean, uh,
1: yeah. you know what don't I mean. Like if you, line. yeah, don't don't be in right. the middle.
0: Yeah, don't be in the middle. Don't be boring. Understand your ideal customer, what they're paying attention to, and then if you need to, uh, like uh, another element of really good marketing usually is that ha- it, it almost always has at least a piece of the contrarian to it, not, and, and I don't mean that you're just like going around starting flame wars for fun or anything like that. Although I do know some people that do that, um, and call it marketing. (laughs) No, it's, it's not, it's not that it's just, it has an element of counter to the market. It has an element of like, you've been taught to do this, but I'm going to tell you to do this. Um, you know, like the best ads, the best performing ads often are the ones that open with, a, a contrarian line, like, yeah, you've seen this being done, but I'm telling you right now, this doesn't work.
1: Like, a oh, well, man. everyone's doing
0: this. How does that not work? It, I have to keep reading, right? Like, it's now, I, I gotta know why it, why you think it doesn't work. Um, and it should almost like, it should almost rub people just it, like they, it scratches some ish that they can't that they can't get away from. Right. Mm-hmm. I love the, like, one of my favorite Dan Kennedy quotes is if you haven't pissed off someone by noon, you're probably not making money. Right. Wow. If you're not, if you're not <laughs> <don't> like, <laughs> if you're not like stopping them from whatever they're doing and breaking the cycle and going, Hey, I bet you haven't thought about this. And they're, they're like, Oh, what? Why? Oh, mm-hmm. because, and then you pay it off. Your marketing has to pay it off. So, I mean, you can't just use the big, like edgy headline to get people's attention, but it should always have that, that element of contrary and that element of you think this works, but here's why it doesn't work. Or you think this is the way to get what you want, but here's why I'm going to tell you why it's really not the way to get what you want. Um, If you can find that thing for your market, um, you stop being boring, right? That's the thing. I, I see so much just lukewarm, boring, typical run of the mill marketing. That's just like, I, Hey, do you want to make money? Yeah. Everybody wants to make money like it, that. You're not, you're not scratching an itch that I need scratched. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there are a million ways to make money, especially if it's a high sophistication audience, they know that there's money out there to be had and they just haven't found the right way to get it yet. Um, so you just like, need to give them the, way, give them the path.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, you, you could really encapsulate that and just be like, I mean, we could almost name the the training like "Don't be boring."
0: <laughs> like, is, like, just don't so be boring. Like, you
1: you've got to polarize the market. Is you got to create like that friction? I love that. That's super good. Um. So as we wrap, then what uh what are the emerging trends that you see in the digital marketing Martech space that you think our audience should be aware of? You know how how can they prepare for the future of what's coming in the world of digital marketing? Privacy. I mean, there's so many different elements here. I mean, we could wrap out forever, but. Like just some, yeah, ones that come to mind that, you know, could benefit people by listening in.
0: Of course. So I think um, the one that's the hottest issue right now that I think you, if you're in tech, you're paying attention to it, or you should be paying attention to it. Uh, if you're in marketing in general, you should be paying attention to it is of course, AI. I think mm-hmm. we're seeing the, the beginnings of rumblings uh, in the market of um accelerate right now I, I think we're we're addicted to the idea of it as an accelerant not a replacement right that's what you know um you use chat gpt to help accelerate your results you know mm-hmm. you, you can now spit out 10 headlines um to test with your ads rather than you having to sit down and write 10 headlines you just say here here's one headline here's one prompt um write me 10 versions of this mm-hmm. um to test you know the It's an accelerant, right? Like, we're starting to see the value of it as an accelerant. But what if you go even beyond that? Like, I've got some dev friends who are messing around with it who are like, I can tell it to do a function and write it in JavaScript for me, and it can do it. Mm -hmm. Which is something... And it doesn't screw up, right? It doesn't have syntax errors. It doesn't have... Like, it doesn't put colons and semicolons in the wrong place. And, you know, like, it, it actually it's pretty smart, right? So we're, we're starting to see the acceleration potential of it. Um, but I don't think it's going to be too long before there's replacement potential in it where certain roles within a business with oversight will be able to be fully replaced by AI, which is both good. There's good and bad elements to it. Pros and cons, obviously, but if you're not paying attention to it, you need to start paying attention to it. Um, that being said, don't be scared of it. Try and understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't immediately go, Oh, it's going to replace everyone. Oh, we should just give up. Like, no, not, not necessarily. I think how you should be looking at it instead is how can I best leverage this? Where does it start to help me? Um, and where can I accelerate? Because I think it'll start to come down to, um, you know, ChatGPT or, or AI is not going to replace marketers, but marketers who use AI are going to replace marketers who don't use AI. You know, you start thinking about it in those terms. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, everyone was scared of the computer. Everyone
1: was scared of the <laughs> internet. You know, like right. th- these things happen, right? And and now it's AI. In fact, I just dropped a post about that this morning inside of um, the Wealthy Consultant Facebook group. So it's, it's something that you either are going to embrace and learn and or adapt and bring somebody in that is doing that for you but either way it's something that is yeah i'm 100 track with you i think it's something that has to be looked at just like i mean imagine having a business today without a website or without being on the internet like how stupid would that be right well in just a matter of a few years that's what it's going to be like to have a business but without incorporating ai on some level you know like that would be weird like why would you do that you know you're making things hard on yourself so yeah, I think you're right. I think people d- shouldn't be scared from it, but uh, of it, rather, but they do need to, you know, embrace it and and educate themselves. So really, yeah, good. Good so that's
0: that's one. and then the other thing, uh, I think is metrics and measurement and data. the The future of marketing belongs to the data nerds. I'm very convinced of it. It used to be, that you had to be eloquent and you had to know how to write X, Y, and Z. And you had to, you're, and you know, again, nailing market message match and all that stuff. And all of that is important still. Um, but because of how I, in my brain, redefine marketing as testing and failure as data, um, that speaks to, I think, the future of marketing being data-driven. Um, so if you're not measuring the metrics inside of your business, if you're not paying attention to your tracking, if you're not making sure, especially post iOS 14 and iOS 15, that your uh, measurement and your data is actually clean and accurate and you don't have a way of doing that, you really this is where you should be leaning into MarTech. This is where you should be leaning into guys who can show you the way to actually clean up what you're doing and uh, get you attribution for what's working versus what's not working. Um, so you can be a little bit smarter because it's going to purely come down in some cases to you running tests, running tests, running tests, taking the data and the person who can run tests faster and, and uh, distill the data faster are going to beat everybody else. Yeah. If you can run something and test it and go, okay, the data says that we need to do more of this. Okay, we're doing more of this. Okay, now that's working. Now the data saying we should do more of this. So we do more of that. It's always been true, but it's only accelerating now because yeah. marketing is getting more saturated. Everybody can do it. You now have to differentiate yourself by leveraging data and your data has to be clean. And if your data is not clean, you're going to make some very stupid mistakes and end up paying the dumb taxes, as Keith Cunningham would call it. We're going back yeah. to Road less stupid. You're gonna pay a lot of dumb tax if your data is messy. If your data is dirty. If you have. If you're not taking the time or paying somebody else to take the time to actually sit down, clean up your systems, clean up. Say, hey, this data is coming from here, and here's how we know that it's accurate. This data is coming from here. Um, Third party tracking, um, cleaning up your internal tracking, not relying solely on things like ad platform tracking or pixel ser- or uh, browser side tracking, but leveraging server side tracking, all of that stuff. Um, if you're not starting to do those things or working with a MarTech to start doing those things, I implore you, the The future of marketing belongs to people who do truly care about good, clean data. It's mm. going to be a big difference maker.
1: Yeah. It's good words. Good words. Well, awesome, man. Well, I think we've covered a pretty wide spectrum. Um, and I know there's some actionable things here. So um guys, as we wrap up, as always, you know, feel free to to drop a comment. Um, let us know what you think of the, the episodes. We we appreciate you listening in. We know that um, you know, we we need to earn your your attention, just like we were talking about here today in this episode. So we appreciate you um being a part of this um episode and the series at large with TWC Talks. Um, Dane, so as we cut out, man again, just thank you. I appreciate you both, you know, for coming on today, obviously, but also um, on a broader scale, just being who you are in inside of the wealthy consultant company. I um, really enjoy working with you, man. So thank you for breaking away. I know you have a massive project we were talking about just before we jumped on. So I'm going to let you go on that guys. Um, have a blessed day. Appreciate you listening in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Dane. See ya.